everybody, and welcome back to the Chiluminati Podcast, episode 102. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Mike Martin, joined by my two co-hosts, Alex Fasciani and bing, Jesse bing, Cox. Bing, bing, What's up? Bong, bong, bong. bong. Bang, my bang, bang, bang. That's my shit. Clang, clang, with the trolley. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's our new intro, man. No yeah. more need for our uh, theme song. That, we're just that. That's, that's now on the, the remix. podcast doesn't go out on the internet. It's just a vaudeville act that's traveling from theater <laughs> to local theater. <laughs> I'd be into it at least for a little while. I'd probably want to go home at some point, but for boy, a good I'm couple on, weeks. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever think uh, about? Do you ever think about the fact that you've got Dean and you've got Deanna? Never once, but now that's weird. <laughs> that's really <laughs> weird. <laughs> and uh, wow, I never thought of that. That's bizarre. And you know what? Hmm. I always think about. Patreon.com slash a great website that you can go to to support this show, the three wonderful men who host it, and also Dean Mathis. and Dean. Oh. <laughs> hey, well, wait. Uh, is that it? That, that, that I mean, what else? It? Everybody knows the you drill. Know what? I just want to make you sure. Get, you get your extra off. 15 minutes of episode at least every week. Yeah. You I guess all the cool to talk about today, by the yeah. way. Yeah, I got Yo, some fun oh, stuff. I'm excited. And, uh, you know, also there's art, there's presale, there's a discord and it all works. It's all real it, cool it stuff. All, does. all the people there are great. <laughs> it all works. And it all works. <laughs> it's not a bunch of BS that like people crap out at the last minute. Everything happens. It looks great. It's beautiful. Uh, and, uh, what else? Oh, uh, I'm going to tease this lightly because it's very lightly teased, teasable, uh, that whatever new projects we're doing, whatever new show elements we bring into the system, it's all going to be through Patreon. So the the sooner you become a part of that world, the more inner circle you become in the real Chiluminati. You become a true Chiluminati. The secret society that makes sure everybody <laughs> is relaxed. Oh, it is, yeah, I love it. Um before we get going, actually, speaking of the community as a, as a whole, I like to visit the subreddit every so often. And somebody yeah. posted something today. It reminded me of the whole Tumgis saga that happened on a different series that you guys do. Yes. But they said they found you in an old Power Rangers movie that they used to watch as a kid. I bet you this um, is not going to hurt my feelings. Oh, no. <laughs> no. At first I was no, like, no. wait, Alex in Power Rangers? I look, like a, I I look was... like a stoned monkey, so it's all good. Don't worry oh, about no. it. Oh, no. What is this? I what they posted. I let... <laughs> just wanted to put it out there because well, it just reminded what is this? It just looks like a oh <laughs> my god! <laughs> the dude, the, the <laughs> at least, at least I got super tight with the two hottest rangers. <laughs> you did, dude. And and if I'm being real, if I'm being real, the clothes look comfy. They really oh, do, shit. though. I was gonna say that. Yeah. Like you oh, look so comfy. <laughs> Those clothes are so comfy. What's the looking, deal with dude? this dude? What happened to him? His name's Laragot. I don't know what happened to him. Laragot. This is from the Turbo a Turbo a Power Rangers movie. So past my time. Laragot. Uh, he he's a Leo. He looks exactly like Alex. No, he doesn't. He looks like a figurine that you would have on like your scary grandma's house on the counter. Yes, I'm with Alex on this. He's one. a wizard. He's a wise Liarian wizard from Liaria. He's friends with Zordon Alpha Five. Uh, they all got rescued by the Turbo Rangers. He has the power to heal. Wow. He learned well, how to speak cool. English, but he doesn't speak it fluently. I got to hear that sometime. God, he looks terrible. 
He's a wild looking dude. He could not come from like this decade. Like he's from the 70s. Well, look somehow. how young freaking Tommy is in that photo. Like he's got his long, luscious hair still. He I looks was like long he's in gone his 20s. before. I was, I was long gone before Turbo. I don't know when when yeah, Turbo. Me too. Was. I have no idea, but I just wanted to, that just it gave me a giggle. It's fine. Larry guy, uh, go find him on uh Chiluminati Pod. subreddit. Yeah. All right. So, boys, as a here's my tease for the future. Um, we are we're currently in the midst of starting our next big deep dive. And after 100 episodes, I, th- I thought it'd finally be time to tackle a cult. So cult is a cult is coming to uh, a coverage is coming to the show in the near future. But in the meanwhile, I was about to I was about to protest and say that the Raelians were a cult. But then I remembered that they're a religion. They're still a religion. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a violent cult, a, a, a really violent cult, true crimey kind of cult is I what I'm you. going for. Um, but you. until then, I wanted to celebrate my big move across the country. And so in honor of my new home state of Texas, I am, we're going to go and dive into some of Texas's local cryptids, everybody. We're going to do a Texas specific <laughs> cryptid deep dive. Jesse's now, already texted the group up. chat with Larigot. <laughs> It's already oh, popping no. up in my text feed. Oh, let everyone know. Holy crap, is that funny? That is one. It's like it doesn't look anything like Alex yet. At the same time, he's entirely Alex. No, it it's just, I don't crazy. like that he looks like he's like too vaped out in the pic too. He looks like he just like hit the dab too hard. I've never seen anything like it. It like doesn't at all no, look like you yet. Is entirely one hundred percent looks like you. It is. It's it is, crazy. It is exactly. It is exactly. It doesn't look like Alex, but it has Alex's vibe. Yes, five carries, times the size carries. of my fingers, three times as small teeth. <laughs> He looks like he just took the biggest fucking Oh my hit. god. Dude, what oh the man. fuck is this guy, dude? <laughs> he has, under, he has like a thing. slight underbite. <laughs> <laughs> you know the puppetry of that face would be creepy and unnatural. Oh god. Okay. So in honor of moving to Texas, we're doing Texas cryptids today. And so we need to come up with a Texas rating system because we're going to do about two or three of them depending on how much time we have. But just like the last time we did some, we need a rating system, boys, that you're going to be rating these cryptids on a certain scale. Um, so what do you what kind of rating system should we go that would be uh, valuable to the listeners? Mine, my scale is going to be equal to greater than or less than Larigot. Measuring against, I, I guess. Look, yeah, I guess they'd have to go to the subreddit to see this creature, so they could understand. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I'm gonna, you know what? Well, it'll be clear. It'll be clear how I feel. It's a, it's a base, three point system. Uh, I'm basing mine off of the, uh, the our previous ones. Is it same, same rating system? Is it an influential to society kind of thing? Is it cool? Okay. And what does it look like? All right, let's start then. With the donkey lady of San Antonio. <laughs> 10 out of 10. <laughs> this is either going to be like a hilarious story or like an extremely sad story. <laughs> the donkey lady of San Antonio has a familiar story for most cryptids. A grotesque half donkey, half woman monster haunts a bridge. If you drive out there at night and loudly call for her. She just might appear and make you regret ever being curious. Whoa, 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 whoa. Any bridge? It's a uh, it's a specific bridge in San Antonio. We'll uh, Sa- give you the exact. I'm going to give you the Are exact Are you telling location. me all the times I've been to Pac South? I could have gone you out to a bridge been- and been like, donkey lady, donkey lady, show yourself. Yes. 
You could have been could making have been. out with the donkey lady at oh this, that God. scary bar up the street from the convention center. <laughs> Look, there are some times where I would have been like, all right, let's do this. One time donkey we were lady. in San Antonio and a man who was our waiter who had like four teeth uh, came up to us and told us to steer clear of a specific bar because he goes there all the time. And it's too it's too crazy for us. <laughs> it's too crazy for you. It was I'm like, not afraid that you might get shanked or something, dude. I don't know, but he was like, "Stay out of there." There's a lot of drug dealers in there. I go in there all the time. It's nuts. <laughs> all right, thank yeah. you for the advice. We just want to talk about it, like whatever. All right. Well, like most cryptids in these little bundle episodes we have, we've done, or we're going to end up doing. There's very little in terms of like proper traceable origin. The best I was able to dig up is two separate origin stories for her. The first was that Donkey Lady was a tragic victim of an enormous fire in her home. What started the fire and why have countless theories and possibilities, but one of the most accepted was that it was the husband who was out to kill her, perhaps attempting to leave his whole life behind in the process. Tragically, however, the woman survived, monstrously disfigured. Her hands were fused together into black hooved appendages. What? And her entire face melted and sagged off its bones, scarred looking akin to a donkey, hence the name. The other explanation is a whole lot less physical and a lot more spectral. The donkey lady was, a once, was once a normal everyday woman who had a pet donkey that she truly loved. What? However, no, it's not going that way, I promise. <laughs> however, her, her neighbors annoyed with the animal took it to the river and drowned it under the nearby bridge. The woman tried to stop them only to become a victim of them herself and her and her donkey died to a donkey hate crime. What? From then on, what? her ghost haunted the bridge as a half woman, half donkey monstrosity terrorizing all who bother her. A okay, donkey so let me, hate crime? Let me that's just. I, yeah, that's, uh, that was my interpretation of it. What kind they were of, so annoyed with the donkey, they drowned it in the nearby river. What kind of existential justice is it? For the victims of this crime, a donkey and a woman to be merged into one body in 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 the afterlife. Like it's very Greco-Roman. Like it's like an ancient Greek story of like your punishment for being sexually assaulted. You become a yeah. deer. Like what? <laughs> what? Listen, why? I don't know either, what? man. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't, I don't think it's fair to her. Um, maybe it's just, that's what she wanted. Maybe, maybe that's what she was wanting. Maybe her and her donkey were best friends in life and she could get closer to her, them in, in death. And so they merged. Wow. This I, just, it feels, it okay, just anyway, doesn't feel like both a of those suck. Like both. Here's the thing of all the cryptids we've talked about. I understand why she'd be killing. I get why she's out there like, F it. This is some bullshit. Yeah, I would murder too. (laughs) Why couldn't I just come back as my fucking self? Why does this fucking donkey got murdered (laughs) next to me? Part of my body. Stuck to the bridge that you were killed at. Why do I want all these oats? Depending on what you believe, (laughs) either ghost ghost oats. Uh, Depending on what you believe, either ghost or monster. This creature is believed to inhabit the Donkey Lady Bridge, which is the bridge that crosses Elm Creek via Applewhite Road, approximately four miles north of Loop 1604 on the south side of San Antonio. Now, encounters of this thing are super rare online beyond a couple like quick paragraphs of like what people think they might have saw in the woods, a.k.a. they saw a deer and they got scared. (laughs) But I was able to dig up one story on this old website that comes from 1966 that I'm going to read for you about this encounter. I started elementary school in 1966 at Westwood Terrace in San Antonio, Texas. 
While I was there, I heard many local legends. Later, I found that anyone who had gone to school in San Antonio had heard of the donkey lady. Now, the way I heard it back in the 50s, a young woman had been in a fire. My wife says she heard the donkey lady had lost two children in that fire and that her husband had started it. She was left horribly disfigured. It was said that her face healed. All the skin had uh, something of dropped in a baggy appearance. Her fingers all fused together, leaving dark stumps, hooves, disfigured, totally insane. You know, the thing that I kind of described earlier. Most of the donkey lady stories have faded into memory, but one was a little harder to shake. One of my best friends told of a cousin who was with his father and brother on a weekend outing. They were going to a camp and do a little fishing in an unofficial county park. The group pulled up to a weed-infested area off our dirt road and began to make camp. The two boys had the task of unloading the pickup truck while the father found a suitable spot for the tent. While unloading the truck, uh, while unloading the truck, one of the boys heard a rustling in the weeds just ahead of the truck. He told his father, he told his brother rather, who in turn called out to their father to come to the truck. The three of them watched the tall weeds beneath the oaks away from the road bend under the weight of what was apparently a large animal. Then they heard an odd snorting sound and a high-pitched snarl. The father, not recognizing the sounds coming from an animal, decided they probably ought to find another spot to set up camp. The three of them quickly threw the tent, sleeping bags, and gear into the back of their truck. While packing up, the father watched out of the corner of his eye as the weeds shook nearby. The prowler moved away from the trees and began heading for the general area of the road. <clears throat> the father urgently whispered for the boys to get in the truck and fast. All three of them were in the truck in a flash, and the father started it up. He put the truck in gear and was just pulling in the road when something fast and large burst out of the weeds and ran to the, in front of the truck. Second, seconds later, a horrible apparition bounded up onto their hood and began shrieking at them through the glass. It was the ugliest thing any of them ever saw. They swore it looked like a donkey, but it was mostly human. It screamed at them more as the truck continued to move away from the screamed weeds. Screamed at them? Yeah, just like jumped onto the car and screamed at them through the window. Like, into like, the a, like a, like, yeah, or like a, yeah i don't know they don't they don't describe scream it so i don't know like, like i imagine something horrible scream like I, a donkey it's like like what is that noise a, a human like a human woman scream merged with a donkey eeyore Good i don't know man lord that'd be horrifying uh, they, they swore it looked like a donkey, but it was mostly human. It screamed at them more as the truck continued to move away from the weeds and into the road. It used its deformed hands to punch at the windshield and broke it in many places. The father hit the brakes. The thing slid off the hood and onto the dirt road. Throwing the truck into reverse, the father floored the gas pedal and put some distance between them and the thing backing uh, into the weeds off the road. He then put the truck in first and stepped on it again. That thing was coming up on them fast. They said it almost looked like a wild animal with an incredible look of rage and hatred in its eyes. Dirt sprayed up from the road as, at the beast as they pulled out, slowing it down just enough for them to get away. The donkey lady supposedly had finally dropped back and headed into the weeds. After the story was told and my friend let it be known that he thought it was a nice story, but, well, it was just a story. Then he was taken outside and shown the truck. The windshield was almost knocked out, the hood was dented, and its paint was scuffed and scraped. So there's uh, the, one of the bigger stories that, that can be found about any encounter with this particular donker, donkey lady. Uh, this particular author did have a supposed encounter, which I'll read. It's much, much shorter. You can make of it what you will. I had an incident similar to the one uh, that was submitted before. One weekend in 1989, some friends and I were driving around in the, in the 1973 Impala that one of them owned. 
as we usually did. We were showing the younger cousins of the driver, Todd, around. They had turned 13 that year and were being inducted. That's in quotes. I don't know what that means. I don't like the way that's in quotes, but hey. We decided to drive to Donkey Lady Bridge, partly since we had never been there, partly to give them a good scare. Any child, particularly the South Southeast side ones uh, that have grown up in San Antonio knows about the Donkey Lady. There was even a phone number you could call to hear her. So they laughed and agreed to the idea. We drove out to the bridge, turning off the headlights before we were actually on it. It is very eerie out there at night. It was much more because of the almost full moon barely lighting the bridge. Todd started to slowly advance across the bridge when a figure appeared seemingly from nowhere in the middle of it. He stopped the car and we whispered speculations as to who or what it was. We were not expecting to see anything much less this. Todd placed the car in gear again and honking his horn, slowly inched his way toward the figure, which promptly vanished. The car was stopped again and this made us shut up. Todd sat listening to our suggestions to back up or gun the car to the other side when something landed on the hood of the car. Everyone screamed and Todd slammed the car into reverse and floored it. The dark figure rolled from the hood and Todd didn't stop until we had reached the main road and made our way to Denny's on Southwest Military near I-10. The safest place. (laughs) Right. Anyway, go to Denny's. It's the Waffle House of the West. (laughs) Getting out, we all stared at the hood, which now sported two very deep dents. No one had an explanation of just where the figure had dropped from to make those. We went inside to eat, but just decided to call it a night. Todd took his car to the body shop the next day and had to replace the entire hood. The dents were too deep to pound out. And that's, that's it. That's the story. So there you go. There's your first uh, of our little grab bag of Texas uh, cryptids. How do we rank them? Oh man. Okay. I like, I like the donkey lady. I like the name. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty straightforward name, self-explanatory. It's, it's, it's fun. It's unexpected. It has a silly sound to it, right? I like mm-hmm. the imagery. We've got already like the sound of like a horse's like donkey's like voice is very like out of context, like a very upsetting sound, right? Imagining Andy, yeah. that mixing with the blood curdling screams of a lady, not to mention like a big ambulatory monster that can like jump around. It's straight up like out of a horror game or something, right? Like this is something we can all visualize, you know, yep. very creatively done. Nobody's there's not really a horse cryptid that's like this. Like you got <laughs> the old ones, you know, you got like the the uh, the unicorn or something like that or the Pegasus. But this is a much more. <clears throat> Fucked up creature. However, yeah. unavoidably, it sounds like at the center of whatever the truth is behind this story is just some lady who got extremely fucked up, <laughs> yeah. treated very badly, or went through hell in some way. And so for that, I have to say that it's less than Luragot. Less than the Lar- Lar- it was named Larigot? Larigot, yeah. Larigot. Okay. Less got it. less than Larigot. Okay. I I mean Here's the thing. I think Alex hit the nail on the head when it comes to like the look and the like noise that it makes. It definitely has that sort of tales from the crypt monster vibe, right? Like mm. you can mm-hmm. see I can picture it. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you can you can kind of imagine what it sounds like. I think that's very very neat. Um, but I think you know what it does is nothing. It just like <laughs> screams at you. <laughs> And it's not levels are low. Yeah. And it's not very, um, I don't know. It's not like, I don't want to say marketable, but it's not like a monster that people know of 
or mm. understand even. And so, you know, I, I don't know. This is maybe a four out of 10. A big thank you to today's sponsor, Canva. I've been doing content creation now for over 10 years and without a doubt, one of the slowest time-consuming pieces of any project at this point is the graphic design part. Whether it be for your thumbnail, social media, or something else entirely, it always devours hours of my life. However, now that I have Canva Pro, not only can I get great looking designs that look as professional as the ones that I was making before, but I can get it done in a fraction of the time. Canva Pro is the easy to use design platform that has everything you need to start designing like a pro. Whether you're a professional and been doing it a long time like myself and the boys, or you're just getting started, Canva Pro can help you boost you and whoever else you're working with, creativity, and most importantly, productivity. It's quick, easy, and affordable. Honestly, one of my personal favorite features of Canva Pro is being able to make a social media post with a great looking graphic to go along with it in literal minutes, as opposed to the hours that I might spend otherwise. Everything I've wanted to do, I've been able to do with Canva Pro. And you can start to design like a pro with Canva Pro. Right now, you can get free 45 day extended trial when you use our promo code. Just go to canva.me slash chill to get your free 45 day extended trial. That's C-A-N-V-A dot M-E slash chill. Canva.me slash chill. Design like a pro. All right, four out of 10 and less than Lurigate. That's fair, honestly a fair rating. Would you, so next time we find ourselves down at Pack South, are we making a visit to the bridge? Here's the thing, if that thing shows up, 10 out of 10. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Next time I'm All allowed right. to travel this country, I will do everything that every paranormal Chiluminati fan wants yes. us to do. I am in. Let's I have do no it. fear. I will put myself through the scary shit. I will. I'm not afraid to put things in my mouth. <laughs> I'm not afraid to go inside of rooms. I will do it. I just won't like it. Yeah. And hey, <laughs> the next enough. time you're allowed to travel the country, consider October in Los Angeles. Thanks. Wink. <laughs> yeah, Please wink, 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 come wink. here for once. Like the, make first a, second week. A, like the first or second week of October. Wink, 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 wink. Make a restaurant guide for you. Come. It'll be a real good time. I promise. We'll get a, it'll be a, a really fun, unique uh, episode for that too. All right. Wink, the wink, next wink, one. Wink. The next one is a bit more marketable in terms of a name. Um, a bit generic in terms of its looks, however. This is by the known as the Bear King of Texas. Also, Why is everything also, a monster person? Like an animal. Dude, that's it's, the it's, theme it's, of Texas. Texas so, is yep. Texas is like ancient Greek myth. It's like either half man, half horse, yep. half man, half like bull. It sounds like the plot <laughs> of a Coen Brothers movie. I don't even know who the Bear King is yet, but I want to know. Yeah, well, it's it's weird because the thing that got me onto the Texas things is I heard I'd heard of the Houston Man Bat, and I was like, what is that? So is I he similar to up, the one from Batman. <laughs> uh, yes in a weird way but no also um basically it, it's when all you do your research it's basically a it's like a, a, a southern interpretation of the moth a mothman sighting a big winged creature with glowing eyes was seen once in 1950 something in houston and it became this legend that never showed up mothman again vacation i get it hey, right he went out to houston yeah all right the Bear King of Texas, in terms of his physicality, is often mistaken as like a, a Sasquatch or a form, a, for, a, a form of ape creature. Um, why he's called the Bear King, we'll get into here. The story, as I far as I so. can find. What? I would hope so. 
You can, yeah, you actually can look, you can actually look at the very first drawing of him because this tale comes from 1901. Um, and it was actually in a newspaper um, that this actually ar- arrived from. Not, May 11th, 1901 is probably the earliest that can be found uh, in the Washington Bee. You can, the actual newspapers in the Library of Congress archives, you can go look at it up if you want. Uh, so yeah, the story first appeared in May 11th, 1901 edition of the Washington Bee, as in uh, Washington, D.C., um, maybe it was so terrifying for residents that it was kept out of local papers since this in particular took place down in the South, down in Texas, but it was literally Washington DC was that it was first heard. According to the story, Ramey Arland was a pretty girl with and the, an acknowledged bell of marbled falls. It's all focused around this young girl. One evening, her mother sent the girl out to gather the she family sheep, which were grazing nearby. As her mother went about her own work inside the Arland home, Ramey's scream pierced the evening air. Fearing for her daughter's life, the woman raced out the door where she heard more screams, one of which was not her daughter's, but, in, in quotes, the scream of a panther. Thinking that Ramey interrupted a mountain lion attacking the sheep, the girl's mother dashed back into the house, grabbed a gun, and charged into the woods. She searched the area but found no sign of her daughter. Distraught, the woman returned home to gather others for a search party. Can you imagine having to run into the woods with a gun, being like, oh shit! And like, yeah, I gotta go shoot this motherfucker. I gotta go shoot a cougar yeah. that's eating my daughter because she was tending to my sheep. Yeah. The early 1900s sucked. It's <laughs> just not a good time to live. Folks ended up combing the woods through the night, but could not find her. Not a single trace, no blood, no shredded clothing, just zero sign like she vanished into thin air. According to the story, as Ramey was tending the sheep and making her way along a trail, a, quote, large black bear suddenly appeared in front of her. The bear, wanting nothing to do with the girl, sprinted away. Then, quote, a curious-looking animal, running on four feet, sprang out of the uh, chaparral into the trail. It was not a bear. Ramey thought it looked somewhat human, recalling a Kickapoo legend about the bear king. He was wearing a crown. And he, and he yeah, loved and he, honey. And he declared himself the bear king. The creature grabbed the girl, glared into her eyes, and let out a horrid sound. The sound the mother interpreted as the panther's scream. The bell of Marble Falls thought surely that the creature would tear her to pieces, but instead, it tossed her over its shoulders and raced toward the nearby mountains. The creature lugged Ramy for miles until it reached its lair, a wretched-smelling cave tucked away where no human could find it. Ramey believed this was the end of her. When the bear king tossed her to the ground and left her lying there, she saw her chance and dashed for the cave's entrance. But the creature grabbed her and hit her on the head, caveman style. Just like, what the fuck? This is like a Red Dead Redemption side quest. (laughs) That's great. Hey, what are you doing here? (laughs) Get out of my cave. Whack. The girl gave, quote, gave herself up for lost at that point. As she waited for the inevitable, Ramy noticed the bear king getting tired. He slumped to the cave floor and fell asleep. She remained patient and waited for at least an hour and then ended up fleeing the cave when she saw her chance. The day after her disappearance, a hunter came upon a young disheveled girl who was aimlessly walking. It was her. The hunter helped her home where How her much relieved mother was waiting. Uh, within the day. Okay. The hunter helped her home where her relieved mother was waiting and Ramey quickly recovered from her ordeal and told everyone about her encounter with the bear king. A group of hunters headed out towards the mountains bent on killing the beast and they, they supposedly found the bear king 
and ended up confronting it. The creature stood up to the hunters, snapping and grinding its teeth while beating its chest. It roared at the men and let out a scream like a panther. I'll be out of and there. That, and that's when the men took aim, but hesitated. It looked so human. But the bear king, full of rage, charged the men. Their gunfire rung out and brought the creature down. So was this some half-man, half-bear creature, or maybe an animal of unknown science? Some cryptozoologists speculate it could have maybe even been a Bigfoot. We'll probably never know, as there isn't anything else to go on other than Raimi's account. No photos were taken, nothing. Just the articles written in the newspaper. Um, yeah, that, that newspaper ran nationally in the Washington Bee, and apparently the San Francisco Chronicle, there are some discrepancies, and, and in the San Francisco Chronicle, but there are supposedly some discrepancies in the story. Um, but beyond that, yeah, that's all we have of, of that particular creature. Uh, but he's an alleged known around those parts, uh, kind of a uh, Sasquatch style swamp man that was shot down. Definitely not a story for a young girl who ran away from home for the day and maybe got lost in the woods. It sounds like a skinwalker in every single way. Yeah, in a way. Yeah, it kind of does. Like in every way, like it's even it's similar to the story of the big giant wolves that they've they found and they like shot through straight through with their guns and you know yeah. they weren't affected by anything and they like t1000 out of the bullets like <laughs> i don't know it has it has that flavor for me like i'm i gotta believe it's that i you know a bigfoot i feel like it's not quite the behavior of a bigfoot i like to believe that the bigfoot are peaceful creatures you know, I, you know, the bear King seems kind of like a tyrant King. I'm not so hot <laughs> on that aspect of his personality. I love, again, I love his name. I am having trouble picturing anything besides a bear with a crown on for his visuals. Yes. Uh, because that's just so much funnier than the real thing. Um, but there is not a story of a real person's pain hidden in the middle of this somewhere. I think these, these stories all seem, uh, you know, a little bit more cliched, you know, a little bit more yeah. like this re resembles enough other stories that I'm willing to put it up to like a folktale type vibe. And for that reason, I'm saying it's equal to Laragot. Okay. All right. He's equal to him. All right. We've gone up a rank. I like it. How about uh, for you, Jesse? Um, Bear King. Alex has now got it in my head. The Bear King is the boss of the carnival <laughs> level in an RPG. Yeah. Like, there's he's a like bear that breaks out of the yeah. cage that has a crown on its head. And then when you get to the fight screen, it says bear King. Yeah. For absolutely. some reason he has a goblet in one hand and a cane in the other, but he's just yeah. a bear. It's just yeah. a bear. Um, just a bear. I, I think that this is, yeah, it's more of like a folksy tale about not letting your young girl out at night kind of vibe. Right. Like it, about like, watch your girls, Texans. I, I <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think this is I actually hate this more than I do the donkey face woman. Okay. I so think this is a two. Less. I think this is a two. Wow. I think not actual much happened in this. Okay. And besides it just being like things we've talked about before, it's not really that great. This is a two and that's me being nice. All right. Wow. Well, the judges are just not uh, particularly having it, or at least one of the judges is just not having it with him. We'll have to move on to the next contender. And I mean, hope you got to be real with you got to be real with these monsters. You got to let That's them fair. know. You know what? You make you made a good point earlier there, in Texas. All the cryptids, all of the cryptids are some sort of animal or beast. You shouldn't save. ever make broad statements about Texas. It will never end well for you. You're going to get run <laughs> over by like 
a tide. I of... live here now. I'm allowed. I'm okay, allowed that's to. fair. Yeah. All right. You're a Texan there's now. One, there's one cryptid that is not a half beast, half human. It, 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 this particular one is known as Frank Shaw's gargoyle. Now this <laughs> is already is he, looking up. We're already is it good. an IP? Is it is it an owned IP? <laughs> <laughs> it's an IPA, is what it is. Is it like American <laughs> McGee's <laughs> Alice? Like is that very little known about? Let's read them out. Let's read them out. Sid Meier's Civilization. <laughs> There's a little bit less known about this particular one, but I'd be remiss to ignore it. Frank Shaw's gargoyle is a bizarre monster sighted in 1986. <laughs> Frank a Shaw. NASA empl- <laughs> Yeah, a NASA employee had a horrifying encounter with a winged jet plaque malevolent monstrosity, an encounter that would haunt him for the rest of his life. On a blustery evening sometime in 1986, Frank Shaw, a NASA archivist at Houston's Johnson Space Center, claimed to have had a terrifying run in with a creature that seemed to hail from beyond mythology. While information regarding this case is admittedly sparse, Shaw's daughter, Desiree, would eventually reveal the details of this mysterious run-in to author Nick Redfern in 2004. Desiree testified that she first realized that something was dreadfully wrong when her father returned home late one night after working at the Space Center. While neither Desiree nor her mother were particularly alarmed by Shaw's tardiness, as he often was required to work into the wee hours of the morning, they were both dismayed by his alarmingly apprehensive demeanor. The pair attempted to comfort Shaw, who was uh, eventually able to compose himself enough to regale them with a terrifying tale of his brush with the unknown. According to Shaw, he was walking to his car at the end of his shift when he happened to glance up and see a ghastly black gargoyle-like figure perched ominously on the edge of one of the space center's buildings. Shaw claimed that he was frozen in horror at the sight of the astounding apparition, which, according to his description, was a jet black humanoid that seemed to have a large cape draped across its shoulders. As if that weren't bizarre enough, he claimed that he saw two massive bat-like wings sticking out of either side of the fabric, or perhaps it was wrinkled flesh, of what he perceived to be a cape. This is like this Disney's is cr- gargoyles. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's, it's like, I love how this. This is how great. little wings like come in front and they like make <laughs> on like cape yeah. in the front. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This description seems to bear at least a passing resemblance, not only to the notorious Mothman, but also to the Owlman of Cornwall, both of which are said to be winged humanoid creatures which elicit an irrational fear in those who witness them. There is a chance that it may also be associated with the ape-faced cryptid known colloquially as the Big Bird, which terrified the residents of South Texas Rio Grande Grande Valley just a decade prior to this. The Big Bird? The Big Bird, boy. Yeah, yeah. Was he roommates with like a big furry elephant? I don't, I don't think like so, but we have to ask. I think they, they separated a while back. Um, how Shaw came to us. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> Shaw would later assert that he believed that this uh, being actually seemed to be savoring the fact that it managed to inspire such a terror in him. How Shaw came to that conclusion wasn't actually explained. It was at this point that the gargoyle seemed to unfurl its wings which Shaw stated made a crackling noise as it took flight in the powerful howling gusts. The sound of the crackling wings seemed to snap Shaw out of his stupor and he turned and sprinted toward his car. In what must have been the longest moments of his life, Shaw fumbled with his keys, unlocked the door, dove inside, started the engine and drove into the blackness of the night, too terrified to even look back to see if he was being pursued by this winged ebony atrocity. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay. After the after the confession of uh, finally, Shaw decided to screw up his courage and confide in his immediate supervisor. Much to Shaw's delight, he was not met with incredulity, incredulity or mockery, but instead was informed that he was not the first Johnson Space Center employee to have seen this enigmatic entity nice. skulking in the isolated areas of station. In fact, Shaw's boss revealed that a secret file had been opened on the creature just a few months prior to Shaw's sighting. The supervisor stated the file had been created in response to the gruesome deaths of two of the base's German shepherds. Apparently, the corpses of the hideously mutilated and exsanguinated canines had been discovered in exactly the same area where Sean had seen the gargoyle. Following his unusual confession, Shaw's story made its way up the chain of command until it apparently came to the attention of some NASA officials who, in classic MIB fashion, decided to interrogate the witness. According to Desiree, her father was intensely grilled by what she referred to as NASA security people who were flown in from somewhere in Arizona. That much I know. These NASA security people made it clear to Shaw that it would be in his family, in his and his family's best interest to refrain from telling his bizarre story to anyone else. This might well explain why Desiree waited nearly 18 years to tell her father's story. While there has been no new public reports of this entity in over two and a half decades, which may be due in no small part to NASA's policy of silence, there seems to be a fairly good chance that this bloodthirsty gargoyle may well be lurking in the shadows of the Johnson Space Center. Why? So there, there you go. That's your that's your one non-animal type of cryptid in Texas. Frank Shaw's gargoyle, as it is colloquially known. I like the story because mm-hmm. it has built-in cr- like like uh, credentials. Because Frank sure. Shaw, what, yeah. what was he at NASA? Uh, the research uh, dude. So he was, a, he, was like a, he was an archivist. So he, he was, was an archivist. A, like a educated guy. Knows what's going on, rationally minded type of individual, works yeah, at NASA. Yeah. He still sees this at NASA and allegedly is visited by NASA, who warns him not to talk about it, right? That's already a really cool story. Also, I got to give it props for being Goliath from Disney's Gargoyles That's in my exactly mind. That's exactly who it is. <laughs> because that is a murderous Goliath. A murderous Goliath. Yeah, I'm kind of miss like I'm kind of imagining if you mixed Goliath with Chernabog, right? Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> That's like kind of where that. my head is at on this. And I like that. I like the crackling wings detail. I like I mean, this this is an alpha cryptid. You know, this this cryptid. You, you think he would go toe to toe with like Mothman? Yeah. I, I think he would. I mean, at the very least, very, very similar uh, genus sure. to Mothman. A little more violent than the Mothman with the murdering of the German shepherds. That's true. I mean, we, who knows, right? Who knows? Could just be establishing dominance, you know. But because isn't there some stuff with the Mothman where there was like dogs disappearing into the woods too? Uh, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 a lot of things get attributed to the Mothman, but overall you approve i like this i love i love the name frank shaw's gargoyle i think that is <laughs> it's so good hilarious yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna say this one greater than Lairgot. straight up oh you know i i, I can see that I'll, I'll i'll agree with you on that what about you jesse all right straight off immediately name 10 out of 10 look 10 out of 10 the story 8 out of 10 but like it's influence. It's like, you know, culturally. Oh, yeah. Like no. two out of 10. But here's the thing. At the end of the day, this is like a seven out of 10. Easy. This is and, okay. and maybe even eight. The only reason why is because, you know, it, it 
it's exactly when you say the name, you get the story you expect. Yeah. It's like Fair. one guy's say that, unrequited gargoyle. Yeah. It's like he <laughs> yeah. looked up and there was the shadow and it was like a cape and wings. I was like, the way you s- describe the story is like, this is awesome. Yes. 100%. It's, it's at least getting a C if it's trying to graduate. Right, at a least C. a C. It's graduating no matter what. We all try to recapture our childhood in small ways as adults. Don't lie to me. Don't look at me to lie to me. I know we all do it. That's part of being an adult. One of the small ways I like to do that is with those really sugary cereals, or at least that's the way I used to do it until Magic Spoon showed up at my doorstep. It's going to sound crazy, but this is an actual good tasting cereal that is none of the unhealthy benefits as those ones that we ate growing up. Magic Spoon has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. Only 140 calories a serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. It's also been great for me, too, because as everybody knows, because I don't stop talking about it, I moved recently. And with that move, I've been really trying to change my diet, change my life basically from the ground up. And that diet is part of it. So this has been a good way to try to stop eating those bad cereals that I was so fond of before. You can get some right now by going to magicspoon.com slash chill to grab a variety pack and try it for yourself today. Be sure to use our promo code chill at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund you your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash chill and use code chill to save yourself five bucks. Thanks for Magic Spoon for sponsoring this episode. From here on, in my opinion, the 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 cryptids kind of go downhill even further. That was the top. That was the the cream of the crop. Well, let, let us decide, please. Please, right, fair enough, don't fair influence so, us. The Larigot right, scale you, is very discerning. That's, oh, you know what? You might be. You're right. You know, you're right. Um, also, to kind of peek, to kind of quell that curiosity, what the big bird cryptid is? It's your typical pterodactyl that's not extinct. Big yellow. I just believe it's a. It's just a flying bird. like pterodon yeah, thing. Okay, it's just but like, what else would be with a giant pterodactyl except a woolly mammoth? Think about it. You know what? Think you they would be friends. Point. It's like the shine. It's like the shining. It's like uh, room two thirty seven, but it's Sesame Street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sunny days. If you listen, the, one of the kids singing the Sunny Days song is actually a pterodactyl. <laughs> right. Oh my, my God, you've cracked it. All right. The next one here is the lechuza. So this one is in South Texas Lechusa? and also is the Lechu- Maybe I'm saying it super wrong. Is it in Spanish? Um, but this one's, yes, okay. it's, it goes down into Mexico. It, like it kind of crosses borders. The Lechuza are either shape-shifting witches or spirits in Hispanic folklore. Tales of Lechuza are actually quite popular in Mexico and in Texas. They are human-sized birds with women's faces. Yo! Uh, Lechuza. <laughs> Lechuza are women who have sold their souls to the devil in exchange for magical powers. At night, they transform into monsters with a bird's body and a woman's face, similar to depictions of harpies in Greek mythology. What do they call, to say? What do they yes. call a male one? Because that's what Mathis wants to be. <laughs> I just want to be a male Lechuso, Lechuso. I believe. After transforming in the night, they then fly through the night in search of prey. When a lechuza finds their target, she'll perch in a location where she can't easily be seen 
and then will make either strange whistles or the sound of an infant crying, which is just horrifying to think about this big bird woman crying like an infant. Kind of like, like a La Llorona. La Llorona. Yes. Very La Llorona. Did you guys know they made a movie about that, by the way? Dude, oh, where this movie, you gotta it see this it. Podcast. You gotta see yeah, it. I, I know, I know. The La Llorona movie. It's a winner. <laughs> Anyone who attempts to determine where this sound is coming from is at risk of becoming Lechuza's dinner. Lechuza will then swoop down and carry off the confused and horrified individual. In some versions of the story, the Lechuza is the spirit of a witch who was murdered by locals. Her spirit returns in the form of a bird monster to get revenge. And in other tales, the Lechuza is the vengeful spirit of a woman who has returned from the grave to torment the living and to seek revenge. Why time out? Why it always got to be a woman? Something terrible happened to her. She comes back for revenge. Why is it's it always, it's always it's like 90% of the time? It's always child related to like, why is children it always a lady kids? who likes something terrible happened to her? It's just the patriarchy at work in those times. I mean, it's like I guess. Uh, writing songs about love, like all scary stories are just about like a very, very b- brutalized woman. And honestly, it's, a, da- it's, it's a damsel in distress trope, right? It's a, just yeah. Just- this is just like the, like the fucked up version of that. Exactly. In modern times, most reported run-ins with the witch bird involve her swooping down at cars, driving, uh, driving deserted roads at night. So kind of also that's, that's something similar Mothman encounters have just like the bird scratching at the roof of the car. So you might be wondering what their powers are. Don't worry. The internet has that answered for you. Thank God. As a witch, Lechuza possessed supernatural powers. One of the powers of the Lechuza is to summon storms. That's fucking awesome. Cause it's like a level nine D and D spell. Yeah. Sightings of Lechuza are believed to coincide with thunderstorms. Lechuza possessed the power to shapeshift into bird monsters at night. They also possess the ability to disguise their voices to appear as if it is the cries of an infant, as we said earlier. Finally, it is believed that hearing the cry of Lechuza is an omen that someone in the household will die, a trait more commonly found in the tales of the Banshee. Lechuza are immune to weapons and bullets and possibly are immortal. In order to defend against them, you have to use salt. Upon hearing the call of Lechuza, one should immediately begin cussing her out, which I fucking love. What a great... What a great like thing to make people do who hear a baby crying in the street, like outside their window. It's the best. You need salt and you start cussing her out. Once you start cussing her out, she starts, she's driven away. Two kinds of salt. Don't, <laughs> you don't go inside to investigate hearing a strange whistle sound or the sound of a baby crying as your primary defense. Don't, <laughs> don't seek out, out crying babies. Don't help the babies. Don't seek out the babies, dude. Don't seek them out. Leave the baby alone. Mind your own fucking business God so you damn. can just not die. Yeah, so there's, there, there's the Lechuza. There's your rundown of Lechuza. She literally looks like a harpy in pretty much every piece of art I've seen of him. Um, and uh, it's your typical, like you said, anguished woman cursed to, to for revenge or yeah. all this other nonsense. Okay. Um, okay, here's how I feel about the Lechuza. <laughs> I feel like the visual of the Lechuza is incongruous with the rest of what's going on around the Lechuza, the bird woman thing being something that goes inside and like hides somewhere and calls to you. It seems weird. Like, you know what I mean? There should be something yep. a little more insidious about its design. You know, if it's going to be a type of like thing that lays in wait, you know, like a bird is a hunter, right? Like I feel like, I feel like it could be creepier in that sense, but I absolutely love number one. The name is fun to say. sounds like lettuce, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing. It rolls off the tongue real yeah, nice. Yeah, Lechuza. I like to say it. Lechuza. Uh, and also, the 
the mental struggle that it is to decide whether you should save that baby or if you're going to get eaten by a invincible <laughs> bulletproof bird lady, that catch 22 <laughs> is delicious. You know, I, I love the idea of it as a, as a, as a scary monster other than I, I almost would rather the story be that no one knows what the Lechuza looks like because mm, I like that mm. better than it's like a harpy. Exactly. But it's just like a sneak, like a stealth mode, like a Metal Gear Solid <laughs> mode harpy. harpy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I give this one equal to Laragot. Okay, fair enough. Jesse? So I don't know if you all remember the old game Vagrant story. Oh, but the harpies, yes. Who could the, forget? But the harpies in that game, for some reason, this is what I mentally pictured when you were talking about this thing. I totally see that. Like I don't know why it isn't like it isn't an owl with a harpy with like a lady's oh, head. That's horrifying. But like this <laughs> level of creepy weirdness is like how I like where the body is the head, but the rest of the bird. And if so it, it looks like, like a that, bird. And then I like, would be I'm I accept it's fucked up. Like I, I accept the design is is sufficiently fucked up. <laughs> I, originally, I was gonna give this like a three out of ten. Like I was like, all right, it's interesting. But then I because I was looking up how to spell it. And I found a website that just like lists urban legends and like things about them. And one of the statistics about La Chusa is this. They say that if you whistle and you hear a whistle in return, it is coming for you. That right there. I'm like, that's, that's plus awful. one. That's a you get a four. You, you know what? You get it. We're bumping you up. <laughs> that's an awful. That's an awful thing to know. I love that because as a whistler, as a person who whistles when I'm like alone, if I heard a whistle back, I'd be like, oh, hell no. Are you <laughs> are you familiar with the very famous like Internet scary thing about the whistling guy that follows this guy around and there's no. a video? No, but I want you now. Okay. Okay. Some people out there must have already seen this. I will show you guys this uh, during the mini-sode. I have, okay. I, have, I have another thing for the mini-sode, but I will find the Whistler, and I will show you the Whistler, and uh, you will be creeped out. So go. I'm excited. All right. That. I'm excited. I'm excited. No, I just got into that. I can't. Maybe, maybe it's episode worthy, but I'm, I'm in the midst of the deep diving into the fucking the thing I sent you last night, Alex. Oh, <laughs> like my God, the, dude. It's just a fun one, right? Like, it's just yeah, wild. It's wild. The vid okay. is good, too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was really good. OK, last one, boys. And this is less of a it's less of one and more of like a group of something. Whoa. Texas has a goat man problem. I don't know if you knew this, like but the I'm Diablo goat you. men. They look like very the guys similar you to kill the- thousands of. I'm not even afraid yeah. of this thing. No, well, this worried. is where they came from. All right. This is there's multiple of these things all across the state. The goat man is a humanoid cryptid most commonly associated with Louisiana, Maryland and Texas. It is described as a seven foot tall hybrid creature, part man and part goat. Some claim it is a relative of the New Orleans evil chupacabra like cryptid, the Grunch, which is just a. Mwah, I love the Grunch that name. is I, like the should Grunch. be the name of an old car from the 70s. <laughs> it's such a good name. VW Grunch. The urban, <laughs> the urban legends of them often tells of it killing young, young couples in parked cars or scouring neighborhoods, killing family pets. Sorry, I had like a hiccup that turned into a burp for a weird reason. Anyway, there Who are also tales. Yeah, I know. It happens. There are also tales of them breaking into people's houses and raping their victims. 
Jesus. In many attests from the areas that it haunts, it does not matter if you're a man or woman, he will overtake you and rape you nonetheless. God. When, right? When scared teenagers whisper about Goatman, not all agree on the form he takes. Some say he was a man who kept goats and went mad after teenagers killed his flock, driven to seek revenge against any youngster. But perhaps the most titillating version traces the origin of the Goatman to the Be- uh, Beltsville Arc- Agricultural Research Center a sprawling USDA facility anchored by a big brick building appointed with white columns. (laughs) In this version, a mad scientist is conducting experiments on a goat when something goes horribly wrong, turning him into a half man, half ghost beast that is naturally hungry for blood. That's Goatman the fucking musical right there. That's like, (laughs) that's crazy. It's like a cautionary tale for the like dairy industry or something. So I say that, but then you go into, if you do further research, there's multiple versions. There's, and then there's goat men of other states, like the Waterford, Pennsylvania sheep man, or the Pope lick monster, or the Maryland goat man, or Proctor Valley goat man. There's so many fucking goat men everywhere. Um, they take your pick, but that is your general rundown of a particularly uh, of a normal goat man uh, that, that roams the wilds of Texas. Normal goat man. <laughs> there you go. Uh, how do you rate the goat man of <laughs> Texas? They get more. Ge- Listen, man, the, the, the cryptids get more generic. The further down. I we really, I really list. liked the, the mad scientist goat man as like a, like, <laughs> right. Like the revenge against like from the livestock, the farmers were like the revenge by the livestock, you know, a beast, like a Frankenstein, but for the, like, like goat herding industry or something. Right. (laughs) I'm into that concept. The rest of it. It's like, especially after hearing this list of cryptids in a row, I'm very, I'm very much less excited about the goat man. And the fact that it doesn't have any very good, like action packed stories, like the donkey lady or like the King bear with like a lot of running and shooting going on. I have to give it a less than Larigot. I have to, less than I have to give it a less than there. Okay. I think I'm going to shock everyone here. Oh, I think because this is a goat man that there's no talk of like Satan or devils or any of that. That's already a positive in my book. I think that's fascinating. Uh, I love the idea of it being a mad scientist thing. I think that's super neat. I think this thing is like it covers all the basics of being like a truly awful monster. Right. And it's motivations yeah. like it's who knows? Maybe it's just like an like an evil goat thing. Who knows? I'm going to say seven out of ten. Wow. I don't need a story to, to let me know this thing is like truly awful. It will never be a ten out of ten. Even if it had a great story, because it's still just a goat man. Alex is right. It's like kind of like tame of what yeah. it is, like what it is. But I think like the menace of goat men like that is a very like it's like an awful like the way you describe it. This thing, it sounds terrible. And I feel like, yeah, it's pretty rough. You know, I can understand why this would be like a scary thing. I get why it's scary uh, because just goat men in general are scary. Like that dude who like, it was like, come on, kids hang out with me in this, uh, this wardrobe. Scary as shit. <laughs> I'm not why they trusted. No, I don't know why they trusted that guy, Mr. Tumnus. I'm out. I don't know why they trusted him. No, hell no. Yeah, that no. scared me. Then I'm just saying. How are you going to be naked, but you're also going to wear a scarf? Yes. What's that about? Yes. That's lunatic behavior. I agree. I agree. I would never go with a weird goat man into my closet. Not going to happen. Never. It's not going to happen. 
And I'm a guy who well, wears shorts and a jacket. You know, like that's what I do. But you know, <laughs> that's it for Texas Cryptids, everybody. I gotta admit, beyond like the classic like Sasquatch, overall, not just Texas. I think America has a pretty piss poor cryptid game. There's good ones, right? It's just there are good ones. It's a question. There's just, there's just it's a question of size. Not many America. Okay, people always. I'm always complaining about America on the internet because it's a very tumultuous time, right? It's really this sure, is like sure. a fucked up time on the internet, and people literally chime in with their little responses about like, why don't you just like make everybody do this, or why don't you just like put out a law that does this? And I'm like, my dude, Los Angeles, my city is the size of your country. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, think about that. And then think about what that means for literally everything in the country. Everything is so big. So maybe America has the best cryptids, you know, true. Pound I mean, for pound. Like if you look at the top five cryptids in America, we got some of the best ones out there. Right. But because there's so much America, you know, for every, we, we, dilute, we dilute our own ranking for we every Mothman, there's a goat man. <laughs> you know well yeah you know what you make a good point i take it back you you argued me into logic and i appreciate Except for that. japan japan wins japan oh yeah uh those are some they got some spooky stuff yeah. over there they got some real spooky they stuff they just got some spooky minds over there in general that's it's true there's like a level of fuck true. upness with their folktales that just goes beyond other other ones that i've heard well, thank you, boys, for helping me rank these Texas cryptids. We're off to go do a mini-sode. Um, while we're working on the cult one, you might see an Alex-type flavored episode coming from me about a weird internet cult. And that, also from uh, Alex. Like, Alex has I, some weird-ass shit coming down the pipes, too. You've, you've all, like, you have such a catalog of weird shit you want to cover. It's just wonderful. I just it's am really, really good at never- using my uh, iPhone Notes app. I crush it. <laughs> That's all you need, man. Uh, we're going to go take care of the chill mini. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you all next week. Peace. Bye, everybody. Peace. Anyway, me and my wife were sitting outside indulging on our porch one night, enjoying ourselves. I needed to go to the bathroom, so I stepped back inside, and after a few moments, I hear my wife go, holy shit, get out here. So I quickly dash back outside, and she's looking up at the sky in awe. I look up, too, and there's a perfect line of dozen lights traveling across the sky. 